What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the DraftKings show for the Wells Fargo Championship 2023 from Quail Hollow. We're the Tour Junkies. I'm DB. I got Pat Perry. I am tequila up tonight. I got to be honest. Uh, this is now my second blood orange margarita that I've made. Top oh, shelf. you made you you made you number two. I made number dose. Um, and let me just tell you, if I get to the end of this before this show's over, this could be off the rails. Yeah. Um, we had a great betting show for the Wells Fargo. We we spun the wheel. We didn't know we were going to spin the wheel. We spun the wheel. Mm. We brought back the age-old segment of the chunk and run at the end of the show where you and I, with all of our previous retail banking experience at the devilish organization that is Wells Fargo, um, recalled some of that experience and uh, gave golfers in the field positions in the bank and why and you know I, I thought it was funny we had some good comments in the chat it was a good time it was fun to talk about that was fun but it's the DraftKings show now and we're here to talk about it but first of all quick recap on Mexico Pat would you believe if I said the perfect lineup the perfect lineup would not include John Rom last week in the Mexico Open it's because he was 12k or 12-1, or whatever he was. So it, would, it wouldn't have worked out just right. But Finau, Brandon Wu, who you were big on, Grillo, who I think you also mentioned, Batia, who we both loved, Eric Cole, Cameron Champ, who you tried to talk me into, and I didn't I didn't listen. Um, that, that would have been your perfect lineup at 710 points, 49.5 thousand spent, and around 75% total ownership there. So you got a 10K guy in Tony Finau, two 8Ks, and, a, and three 7K guys. The smarter fates would have been Wyndham Clark and Nikolai Wyndham Clark Hogard. Uh, although, props to Wyndham because he was like four over through six. On yeah, he did come back pretty strong. He came back. He finished top twenty-five. I think he finished thirtieth in DraftKings points scored. But I mean, he definitely he was looking like he was waving adios on Friday, but he managed to make the cut and do something. Uh, Nikolai Hogard did fine. He just didn't perform to his price tag so yeah at the end of the day the rom finale stacks would have been very nice had you also nailed the other four which you know could have been hard to do considering how restricted you would have been on salary but obviously possible tony finale gets it done gets it done handily we talked about tony finale a fair amount on the last on the betting show so if you want more conversation on that check it out but we don't have rom here this week we don't have scheffler here this week but you know who is in charlotte at Quill Hollow this week, Pat. Me and you. These guys. Who's got four thumbs in at Quill Hollow this week? These guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be doing the media thing on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, quick, quick uh, rundown of the schedule. You will get both weekly emails, heavy petting on Tuesday, chalk bomb mm-hmm. on Wednesday. If you're a subscriber, if you're not, you can subscribe in the description below. Uh, you will, uh, DB's Big Balls betting card is already out on tourjunkies.com along with two brand new pieces of content already around the clubhouse by our boy Jack Latterman. Very funny this week. Uh, in fact, there was one video in there that I had not seen yet that is hysterical. Maybe we'll talk about yeah. it if we have time. And then our boy Nate Moore writing the rundown, kind of uh, basics of what you need to know about the tournament, the golf course, et cetera. But also gives a few of his betting picks, which last week he came out really hot. He gave you three picks, two of three hit, and the two were big top 20s at plus 350 and plus 400. So shout out to Nate Moore for that. He dropped in four picks this week. I guess he's feeling, he's feeling himself. 
So that's there and free and available and already up. By Wednesday, you will also have the Power Fade, which will be a couple of bold names to avoid by Alan Klutz. And then on Wednesday, you'll also have our boy Vince Money Maggiata, the Italian mafia guy that's uh, now with Tour Junkies, with Let's Go Juicing, ready to juice up a favorite. And you probably won money because he had Tony Finau. He had the Knicks and the Rangers, which I think are playing tonight. So, you know, a hedge opportunity potentially there with Vince Money Marge's article. And then also don't forget to check him out on tourjunkies.com on Saturday night and Sunday for the Save Your Ass Sunday Parlay. Anyway, lots of free content on tourjunkies.com. The emails are coming out. We did the first look betting show this morning. Um, on Wednesday for lunch, we normally have the lunchtime DB chat, which, Pat, mm-hmm. we like to call family time. It's a great time. Yeah. This week, I will be on site at Wells Fargo, like I said, so I will not be doing family time, but I'm, I'm, about, I'm this close to lining up a special guest to do family time in the Discord for you. So hold tight on that. I'll make the announcement in the Discord. And then on Wednesday night, the Discord live chat is going to start off with our very own Caddy House, John Radhouse, Caddy John, is going to start off the chat. And then me and Pat, and not just Pat, but Pat's, Identical twin brother, DirecTV Perry, Chris Perry, is also going to join us in the chat, which is going to be electric. I will just tell you that. We've done it before. It, it'll be, yeah, it'll be electric for sure. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was 20. 20- I think actually the potential last time he was in the chat was the PGA Championship here. No, but I oh. mean the, the, the last time he was like in a, in a, in a combo chat that we were in. Mm-hmm. Was it the Open Championship where we were in, when we were in Scotland and he ended up winning the $200 single entry for $50,000? Golly, that, you may be right. We'll have to ask him. You may be right. We'll I'll, have to talk to him about that. So. Yeah, uh, so Chris will be in there. That'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast Wednesday night in the chat because also on Tuesday and Wednesday, we will be on site talking to all kind of folks at the Wells Fargo, yeah. laying eyes on it ourselves and passing all that into the Discord. So uh, get in there. If you haven't already, plenty of people winning lots of money. Dude, by the way, this isn't DFS related, but our boy John Sayer, shout out to John Sayer. That dude cleans up on prize picks and underdog. Absolutely cleans up. I saw so many green screenshots of his this week, and he shares all of his plays. It's all in there. If you're a premium member in the Discord, you need to be sure you're following in the props chat Whatever John Sayer does, you just do that, okay? Just do that. Shout out to John. Good job, John. Okay, that is Wells Fargo coverage. That's kind of the recap. Let's talk about this week, Pat. We've got, um, we've got a, another elevated event. Rory McIlroy leads us off at, uh, mm-hmm. at a hefty 11-1. But no Rom, no Scheffler. You got Xander, Cantlay, Finau, Morikawa, Spieth, Homa, Fitzy, uh, Victor Hovland, Sung J.M., and Jade A at 9k and above let's talk about it um we talked about rory a little bit in the betting show actually a lot a lot in the betting show there's some question marks there with rory but as i said on the betting show the last time that he won quail hollow was here in 2021 and the two tournaments that he had played before quail hollow were the masters and the players championship where he missed the cut in both and then he came here and won now it's not impossible to fit rory in a lineup and do okay. It's obviously a deeper field than what we're probably used to seeing at, 
at the Wells Fargo Championship. So you can get down there in that 6K and still have some solid plays. You can get down in the low sevens and have some solid plays. So I think Rory's going to be in play. Um, But I do think there are a couple of names in here that are also obviously going to be chalky. Um, I think Victor Hovland is the first one at 9,200, and I get it. I love Victor Hovland here. Finished third last time in 2021. It's obviously been hitting the ball well. Had a weird second round at the Heritage. Very, very strange second round at the Heritage, but I think we can forgive Hovland there. I, I think with no wind, Quail Hollow is going to be a driving range contest. And there's probably no better driving range golfer than Victor Hovland right now, which is just see fairway, hit fairway, see green, hit green. Like, that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. No wind, no missing, fair, no missing greens in reg, not having to chip a lot. Pure Bermuda greens. I, I could see Hovland being chalk, and depending on how much chalk we're talking about, I am possibly willing to eat it. I also think, you know, Rory's going to be popular. I think Cantlay is going to be popular. Although, do you think people won't play Cantlay because of the slow play stuff? Like, he's gotten so much slow play hate over the last month since the Masters. Do you think that's making people not want to play him? I mean, Patrick Reed was never high-owned or rarely high-owned because people don't like him. Bryson DeChambeau was sometimes the same way. Like, do you think people are turning on Patrick Cantlay because of the slow play and it suppresses his ownership? I don't know if it suppresses his ownership that much, but I do think people are turning on Patrick Cantlay. But, you know, I mean, in the end, you're you're looking after your wallet here, That's not, true. not the slow play. This so, is true. But what, you, what will turn you off on Patrick Cantlay is the fact that he does, just doesn't have a great history here on this golf tournament. Or on this golf well, how many times has he played it, though? Can't be that. Well, how many times? Uh, he played it in. Um, let's see. Because I mean, I, I guess I don't he know. Played it in 2021, and he missed the cut. That's it. That's the only time. He's and played I guess that's it. So, yeah. so that's well. a small sample size. Yeah. I, I, that doesn't story. bother me. That doesn't bother me. If I hope that turns people off, I would be interested in playing Cantlay if that turns people off. Yeah, I don't think though the ownership is going to be off because of the slow play thing. If it is, people, you're you're dumb. And I'm look. I'm not telling you as a listener that you're you dumb. You just called listeners dumb. For, for but I'm just saying you're dumb if you're, take, if you're not playing him because you don't like slow play. I guess that would be an obvious public contest, right? Like, yeah. Low dollar single entries or to, the $20 max or the $5 drive the green or whatever. Maybe, maybe it's a little more happening. It's, it's going to happen a little more there. But yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I wouldn't play him because of that. I mean, I wouldn't not play him because of that. I mean, just look at the way he's been playing. He's I mean, incre- he's, he's playing on fire. fine. Like, yeah. Third at the Heritage after all that went on at the Masters yeah. with his slow play. Third and really almost one. So, so who do you think is going to be popular in here other than Hovland, possibly Rory? I kind of think Spieth is going to be up there. $9,600, chalky Spieth. The only thing that could suppress the ownership is the lack of experience here. He played here in 2013, I guess, decided he wasn't going to come back until he had to at the PGA, where he finished 28th when the PGA Championship was here um, in 2017. Hasn't been back since. Played at the President's Cup here and dominated. But, I mean, you're talking, I mean, you're giving people a $9,600 Jordan Spieth with his recent form? 
He's got to be chalky too, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be able. I mean, look, and I like it, but it's going to be chalky. Second at Heritage, fourth at the Masters, third at Valspar. The guy's playing absolutely fantastic. I just don't see how he's not chalky. Even with not having a great history or not playing here much at all. Yeah. Like, I I just, I don't see it. I think he's going to, he's still going to be chalky. So, where does that leave possible pivots, Pat? Where do you think the possible low owned, because that's the game, right? The game, we don't say this all, we don't say this every week because we assume that most listeners understand the game. But if you're a beginner, I think maybe we can stop and say this here. It's, it's an elevated event. There's a lot of big names here. Maybe we have some people who are kind of new to the DFS streets. Picking a good DraftKings lineup is not necessarily or not just about picking the best players. It is about assembling the most optimal lineup of six players. And that includes having ownership leverage. And sometimes that leverage means you don't play the more popular players because you hope that they bomb and then therefore you're making up ground on your opponents. But it also means playing lower-owned players, less popular players, in the event that they do pop, and now you are passing entries in front of you that don't have said player. So finding ownership leverage, finding low-owned options in every price range, finding guys who you know, may get overlooked based on lineup construction, based on people wanting to fit in Rory and wanting to fit in a couple of guys in this 8K range that are super cheap. Like, where will the gaps be? So, Pat, looking at the 9K range, where do you think, who are a couple of names that you think may go overlooked that you're, you're also kind of interested in, in rostering? Well, I think there's two that are glaring for me. And one is right up at the top underneath Rory, and that is Xander Shoffley at 10-7. Um, you look at... He's going to get his, sandwiched out between Rory and Cantlay. I think he absolutely will. And let's, yeah. let's also just look at big field events, you know, over the last, like, four... These are all elevated events. He's 15.9% owned at the Masters. He's 8.9% at the players, 18 at, at the Arnold Palmer, which is the That's highest fair. we've seen out of the elevated events, and then 17.8, so close to the API at the Genesis. Um, I would venture to say that the Genesis, he tends to get more ownership anyway because he's, he's kind of a West Coast guy. Everybody likes to play Xander on the West Coast, and then they start to kind of fall off of him when he gets uh, over here on the East Coast and, and into the meat of the schedule. But I think Xander is is another guy. Like I would expect him to probably be less than that Masters ownership when he's right there around. You know, Rory, Cantlay, Finau coming off of a win. Spieth is up there. Those kind of guys. Like I think I think Xander is going to get sandwiched in there, just like you just said. And I think like maybe fourteen percent somewhere in there, which I would gladly play Xander. I mean, he's playing good golf. He's playing excellent golf. He always checks a lot of boxes. I mean, you look at across the board, he's top 15 in par five scoring, second in strokes gain approach, top 10 in ball striking, top 20 in par four scoring, great putter, top 15 in the field in Bermuda grass putting. So I like Xander a lot, and I think um, he's one of the, the main places I would go if you're looking for a little bit of an ownership advantage. The other one is Colin Morikawa. I think he's kind of the one that's like, he's sort of the, uh, He's the question mark. Yeah. He's the gamble. He's the one, like, if you want to play Colin, you're going to probably get lower ownership. Um, 
It could pro- I think it could burn you more than it could with Xander, but I do think you're going to gain some leverage with Colin because I think he's the pivot off of either Tony. So drop down $400 off of Phenol to get $9,800 Colin Morikawa, or, you know, Jordan Spieth is going to be right beneath him $200 cheaper. So those are the two guys that I think are very polarizing in this range over 9K that I want some ownership in. Yeah, um, and and both of those guys are guys I would I would have on the radar to say okay if 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 they do come in lower owned projected on Wednesday I I would roster both up for sure. Um, obviously it feels like I, I think it's obvious that Xander feels like the safer option given experience here and just you know I, I, he feels like the safer option but both have plenty of upside. So that also leaves a couple of names here in Jason Day and Matthew Fitzpatrick who I think will also be. Somewhat low-owned and overlooked to an extent. Maybe not Jason Day, just being the price. But I think Fitzy could get overlooked here. And actually, I'm kind of happy to overlook him. So, he may burn me again. Because I didn't play him at the Heritage. I had Cantlay everywhere. And look what happened. Um, So, he may burn me again. But I'll make my case for Fitzy. He's never played here before outside of the 2017 PGA Championship, which he missed the cut. In the last 50 rounds, so I'm taking a little bit longer or a little bit bigger sample size. You got to hit a lot of mid irons and long irons at Wells Fargo, a lot like what we saw at Vedanta here for the Mexico Open. He is 86th in this field in long term last 50 rounds proximity at 200 plus and 99th in 175 to 200. Those are going to be key buckets this week. Now, he's done a lot better in the last two weeks that he's played. Masters, RBC Heritage, which both of those tournaments do ask you to hit some of those shots. Mm-hmm. But last 50 rounds has been bad. Uh, the approach play overall for Fitzy's not been great. That's been my, my issue with him. His off-the-tee stuff is good, but and I don't, I don't have the data on this, but his off-the-tee stuff, just watching him at the Heritage on Sunday, because I watched a lot of that golf, he's, he, he's like that low ball hitter which might be good here to an extent because I think we're going to get no rain, so it's going to be firm and fast. But Rory has made his hay here hitting the high bombs, right? Like hitting the high bombs, cutting corners, uh, using that height to land irons into these firm greens. I don't, this, I'm not turning this into an apex height podcast of 2015. Oh, for but the I'm, second time this year, we're going to start saying, talking about apex height. But I'm saying, if I had apex height data in front of me, my hunch would be that Fitzy is on the average to lower than average side of that. And I think that's, you know, these are all good players in the 9K. So you got you to find reasons to avoid. So for me, I'm probably out on Fitzy. In cash, Hovland and Spieth all day long. Anything else in this range you want to talk about? No, I mean, I do agree, though. I think Spieth and Hovland, um, you know, absolutely. If you're playing cash, I I love it. So I'm with you there. Obviously, a lot has to shake out in terms of ownership. we got to wait and see on, um, you know, on on most of that. So, Uh, all right, that is the 9K and above range. Let's get to the 8K range. Before we do, uh, check out uh, this, this quick video.
man, if you can't see it, that's some beautiful coffee right there from our friends mm. at Front9Coffee.com. That's front the number nine coffee.com. Promo code TJ10 gets you 10% off of every order. You can use that over and over again to get 10% off your order. They just rebranded. The brand looks beautiful. This is a local coffee roaster out of Augusta, Georgia. They love golf. They love coffee. They love the tour junkies and our listeners. So support us, support a local small business here in Augusta, Georgia, trying to do some things in the coffee golf market. Front9coffee.com, promo code TJ10 gets you 10% off that entire order. Now they also have K-Cups. So, you know, before they would only have the, the, the ground coffee, they'd send you the whole bean, whatever you order, they're going to roast it fresh after you order it, ship it to your door anywhere in the U.S. It's going to taste delicious. Me and Pat have our own blends. But now you can also get it in K-Cup form. So check out Front9Coffee.com. Link is in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video. Beautiful people, beautiful company right there at Front9. Oh boy, Pat. Hmm. 8K mm-hmm. range. 8K range. There are some guys down here. And the chalk is going to be Cameron Young for show. Okay. Absolutely. That I know. I also think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Justin Thomas. I'm pretty sure Justin Thomas is also going to be chalk. Just given how good he's it's hit. Because of the price, which pisses me it's off. The like I wish he was in the 9K range. Because I did not want to play a chalky JT, but I would love to play. Yeah. I mean, if he was not chalky. mm. Yeah, it's the price. It's the record here at Wells Fargo. Uh, It's a good record here at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo, but it's also he won the PGA Championship here. It's, It's the fact that really the only major glaring issue for JT since, eh, Maybe the Genesis or the API has been the putter. It's just a cold, ice-cold putter. Um, but the ball striking is there. Like, JT's going to be popular at 8,900. You can just go ahead and get, get it wrapped around your brain. Cameron Young is also going to be popular. Obviously, I, I said this on the betting show, Rory has marked his territory. He is, you know, he's lifted the leg and pissed all over Quail Hollow. With the signature move being high bombs. Mm -hmm. If there is one player in this field that does what Rory does, as close to Rory as possible, it is Cameron Young. Oh, and also, he's equipped with Paul Tesori on his back, who is Webb Simpson, the mayor of Quail Hollow, the chairman of Quail Hollow Golf Club, lives on number seven, Pat. Okay? But Paul Tesori's had a bunch of laps around Quail Hollow. And he knows Quail Hollow pretty damn well. And so to be able to lead young Cameron Young in a way that he could not lead Webb Simpson because Cam Young hits it 50 yards further than Webb Simpson uh, and, you know, 50 feet higher is going to be interesting to see. And Cam Young's been close. We talked about him on the betting show at length. How much Cam Young is too much Cam Young? Like, that's the thing. What is the ownership going to have to get to for you to say, I think I'm out, or... Is this a Rom Finau situation where you just go, whatever it is, I'll double it? That, like that's kind of what you're like in the you're in Shark Tank and you're like, whatever that guy does, I'm doubling it. I don't care what he says. If he says fifty percent, I'm going hundred percent. Are you doing yeah, that? For, for me, I'm going all in. You are. Me. I think I am yeah. too. 
I and think typically I'm not that you, you know it. I I don't like to be the guy that goes yeah. all in on somebody. Like I would rather try to be, you know, just different. I don't like to go with chalk. But in this case, like like major chalk, I guess is what I'm saying. Like yeah. Last week I didn't want to go with Ron. I didn't want to do it. It wasn't fun to me. This week it's kind of fun to go all in on Cam Young. Well, because at least with this week you know you're getting a bargain. Like with Rom yeah. at 12K, you're like, okay, the price is fair. It, it wasn't that it wasn't a fair price. It was just expensive. And then it, it forced you to go into the low sevens and the sixes in a shit field. So it was tough. But like at least with Cam, you're like, yeah, I'm going to have to eat the ownership, but I'm also saving a lot of money. Yeah. I think I'm with uh, you. I think I'm actually with you. What about JT? I just feel like it's a wait and see for me. Like, if you're starting the show, like, all right, like, let's 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 say this. JT is, and you you can just go ahead and tell me JT is sixteen percent of GPP. I'm playing him. Yeah, I would plan to. JT is twenty percent owned in, in GPPs. I'm not playing him. There's the there's the spread. The spread for me is like between 20 and 16, 20 and 15%. Okay. If he's over 20%, I just don't, I'm not, I don't think I can play him. Uh, yeah. It's going to be tough. I, I guess it could, de- it could depend on too, like the rest of your lineup and how you make your lineup. But the thing with JT is it also, it also feels like a hell of a bargain because even though JT hasn't felt like JT lately, at 8,900, we're not asking him to win. We're not even asking him to top five. We're probably asking him, I mean, you're asking him to finish at worst, like top 15, top I 20 think, in DraftKings scoring. I think top 15 in that range. Yeah. That, and he's got win upside. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, definitely. And if you look at his game, it is, I mean, Everything is right there. Everything. Yeah, but that damn putter. But the putter. What is Bones doing, huh? Has anybody asked Bones? I just thought about that. What is Bones slacking? Like, what the fuck? JT's supposed to be a better putter with Bones on the back. What is JT? What is Bones doing? I, I put, you know, a lot of people are going to hate on JT. I don't JT even for know this. if Bones is reading the damn putts. He's got to be. What the fuck are you talking about? You think JT's going to put Bones on the back? And pay Bones prices I mean, to not have Bones read the putts? Of I course he's reading the putts. I feel like there's some lack there's some lollygagging going on around here. I need I, think I need lollygagging up the fairway. He's lollygagging around the greens. He's not reading them and everybody and, and JT's upset. That's what I think's happening. You think there's uh trouble in the camp? I think there's potential. <laughs> We are hammered. Um, there's, an exper- there's an experiment going on between those two, right? What are they doing? Why is Bones, like... And, and like, shit, like, Bones wants to be back in the booth, I think. And no, JT, like, no, 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 no. His- he got out of the booth because he couldn't stand it. He got back on the... But do you think... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you think that Bones... Do you think that Bones got out of the booth and he's a little blinded by 
I don't know what you call it, like age or whatever. Like, and he's like, I'm gonna get the young guy, JT. But then when he got on the bag, he's like, geez, Bones. Like, JT's not the young guy anymore. He was the young guy. Like, I knew him as the young guy when I was looping for Phil. I wish I had He been. was the young guy. I but wish JT, I had been right there when Cam Young yeah, could but, have hired me instead of. Yeah, oh, JT's sorry. actually not the young guy anymore. Damn, yeah. I should have been with Cam Young or Victor Hovland or, you know, one of those guys. What if? What if? Remember this? Remember a long time ago when one time we projected that J? I think we projected that JT knocked up his girlfriend at the time. She they weren't married yet, and we were saying that some something might have somebody might have been there might have been an illegitimate pregnancy hanging over their head. Do you remember that we did that one time? I do remember that, but I don't think that's as realistic <laughs> as what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. What if? What if Bones? Wants to turn to the dark side. What if, he wants what to if to Bones live? wants to go to live golf and work with Phil for just a little bit to test? And Dude, see what if he like. saw Phil at the Masters? God dang, it's like <sighs> they met each other. What if they like and it was, they turned the corners? They were coming out of opposites. You know, they turned the corners and they kind of bumped into each other. It's like, oh, 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 hey, 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 Phil, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. You know, and they hadn't seen each other in a while. They caught up a little bit, and kind of like the old sparks kind of started flying. But you could, and they felt magic together, like they used. And they to felt feel. a little bit, and then Phil played so well, and then Bones is like looking at his current girl, and he's looking at his old girl Phil, and he's like, I mean, the high flyers over there, they're raking it in with old Talor Gooch. Taking shit down, and I just, I just want to see what's going on over there on that dark side of the moon. Damn, dude! What, dude? You may be onto something. Can you imagine what dark bones looks like? Ooh, dark bones, <laughs> dude! Dark. I'm seeing it. I can see it. I can <laughs> I mean, see it. Yeah, you know. Works for big media, you know, big mm-hmm. golf media for a minute, learns the insides, you know, get, makes some relationships, goes back out into the golf world and converts and then takes what he's learned and kind mm-hmm. of starts talking, you know, starts kind of exposing the back ends of NBC Golf Channel. The wheels are turning about dark bones right now. Dark bones is dark bones is for sure in play. I'm just saying. Either way, we'll see what happens with Justin Thomas's ownership. <laughs> Going back to the ownership. Okay. Uh, you know, looking at some other guys in here, DB. I, I know that you're not a big fan of Sam Burns, but there's. I feel like Sam Burns to me is a little bit of a. Um, I'm just going to be pissed off if Sam Burns does something and I'm not involved with it. And that's really that. Like I talked about this on the betting show, but I really didn't get into it. I just said, yeah, I kind of like him at 33 to one. I, I kind of, I gave that. Yeah. Kind of like him. Sam Which Burns. not really give you a whole lot, but like if Sam Burns does something DB here, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed off. that Sam Burns freaking won this damn golf tournament. And I didn't have anything, any ownership whatsoever to him. And that's why I want to play Sam Burns. There's a lot of FOMO with Sam Burns yeah. right now. 
Listen, hear he, hear he. If you have an 8K low-owned Sam Burns, you roll. You play. Like, you just play. That's, that's, just, that's just what you do. It doesn't matter what the stats say. It doesn't matter what your gut says. It doesn't matter what your favorite podcaster says. If you have a low-owned 8K Sam Burns in any field, you play it because mm-hmm. his upside is so good. He is such a killer, and I don't hate Sam Burns. I just had him at the freaking match play. I just don't. There, there are definitely weeks I like him more than others. There are definitely weeks he's more. What's the word like? What, like when you can when you can eat it and it's okay on your stomach. Um. He's he's that. He's more he's, that. He's mild. <laughs> um. God dang it! I wish we were live. So what kind of know. food are we talking here? I don't know. Anyway, he's just <laughs> low owned AK Sam Burns. You can play. Yep, I'm with you. He does not check a lot of key boxes here for me. The iron play from 175 to 200 for 200 plus, not good. A lot of those shots here. Uh, good drives gained, also not good. Bogey avoidance, not good. There's some things that are not good about Sam Burns, but his ceiling is so high week to week, he is always in play. So he is a be on the lookout. He's a bolo. Sam, Sam Burns is a bolo. Be on the lookout. Just be ready. Okay? Um, how, how have we not talked about Ricky Fowler yet? We've talked about the 8K range for freaking 15 minutes. We've not talked about the prince of Quail Hollow, Ricky Fowler. We talked about him on the betting show a little bit. In terms of DFS, how popular do we think Ricky, Ricky Fowler is going to be? I think he's going to be at, fairly popular. Damn, this mic gets in my way sometimes. <laughs> Although, maybe not. I mean, he's right there with, with Cam Young and JT. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm interested. I'm playing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some Ricky Fowler. It's going to be hard for me to, to not. You are. Absolutely. Do you think this is a week where you can make lineups without anyone from Colin Morikawa up? Uh, yes, actually, I do. I do too. Yeah, I do. I do too. As a matter of fact, I would like my lineups a whole hell of a lot better just going ahead and. Now, if you still go, if you do this, if you go Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Cam Young, Justin Thomas, Ricky, what you are going to be chalky still, so you you are going to have to find leverage. But yes, I do think you could do that. I love Tommy Fleetwood at eight K. I won't talk about him too much too long because we've already gone way long here. But I, Tommy Ladd is ch- checking a lot of boxes. He's played uh, Quail Hollow well before. Um, but I just love the iron play right now out of Tommy, and I feel like he's close. I genuinely feel like he's closed 14th here in 2021, missed the cut in 2018. Um, PGA Championship made the cut, didn't do much, but he, he hit the ball great. Short game was terrible. But lately, kind of everything's been good for Tommy Ladd, and I love that. I really like Tommy Ladd at 8K. I hope he's low-owned. I don't know where he'll shake out. You can't play everybody in the 8K range. I'm hoping he's, he kind of gets overlooked. That kind of means to me that the guys in here that are going to be low, well, Brian Harmon, so a little, little cockbite at 8K, 
and I mean, I, I know he played well at the Heritage. I know he's got a tremendous track record here. Okay. Um, 18th in 2021, um, 10th in 2013, whatever. Don't care. He did it all with short game, and he sucks right now. So I don't think we play Brian Harmon. I think it for sure the guys I think who are low owned are going to be Brian Harmon. I think Tom Kim might be a little low owned, and I think Shane Lowry might be a little low owned. I'm not super excited about any of them. But I just think that's what's going to happen. We'll see what happens come Wednesday. I could change my mind. All right. Ready to move on? Yes, let's do it. 7K range. Uh, 7K range. Before we do, I'm going to give away this hat. And this is actually an Augusta National hat. This is not a Masters hat. This is an Augusta National hat. This is out of the Augusta National Pro Shop. The tag is on it. Um, Where'd you get that? Uh, Can I have that? I can't reveal my secrets. And this caddy koozie. I'm going to give this away. And the way that you earn this hat, this is, this is good. Anyone who signs up at Sobet.io with promo code TJ, who signs up and just gives it a try for a month. You don't, you don't even have to commit to more than that. Just give it a try for a month. It's $9.95 a month. The, the link is in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video. But here's the deal. If you're in a legal sports betting state, especially, this should be a no-brainer. SoBet literally has over 30 bettors on their platform posting multiple plays daily in every single sport. And the thing is, these guys aren't just people who just like started a Twitter account and said, hey, I'm good at handicapping baseball. No. These are vetted, proven bettors that SoBet has vetted, okay? They're asked to keep up with their units. They're asked to follow up on their plays that they post, well, win or lose. And SoBet is a place to go. And I'm just telling you, I'm blindly following a lot of people on SoBet because I know nothing about baseball betting or the NBA. I hate the NBA betting situation, but I'm doing it and it's working. So go to SoBet.io, use the code TJ. If you don't use the code TJ, you're not going to get entered into this drawing. So use the code Subscribe for one month. Give it a try. It's $9.95 for a month. You get exclusive content. We have exclusive content on Sobet.io as well. You get promotions. You, get tech, you can get text notifications if you want to your favorite handicappers. Join over 5,000 and more growing daily over on Sobet. These guys know what they're doing. Started up uh, recently, and they are crushing it. Sobet is killing it. Sign up, and I will pick a subscriber to win this Augusta National hat and this Masters koozie, I will mail it to you. It's a beautiful hat. And you can tell your friends, that ain't the Masters. That's Augusta National. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's, before we go to the 7K range two, let me share my screen. I want to look at underdog real quick because underdog props are up. Pat, tell me what you think about this. Round one, higher, lower plays. Let me tell you what I like. Okay? Higher, lower. I'm going to scroll to the bottom. I always like going to the bottom first. I love this Tommy lad, lower than 70. Mm-hmm. I love the Cam Young, lower than 69 and a half. And I love, I think I love the Hovland, lower than 69. Now, here's my debate. JT at 69 and a half or Ricky at 69 and a half or both? Par 71, no wind. I mean, 
just asking asking these guys to shoot two under. At to Hall. me, I, I like both. I mean, it sounds obvious, and it sounds like you know you could be getting suckered in, but I feel like they're they're starting a little high here on the numbers. So it feels yeah. like it's a little high to me too. Like I feel the best about Tommy Ladd. All he's got to do is shoot one under mm-hmm. to push. Uh, Cam Young shoots two under to hit sixty nine and a half. Bet a hundred dollars on these five. I went two thousand, or I can add some insurance to it. And then uh, all five hit. I went a thousand, and four out of five hits. I went two and a half x. It's very simple. But anyway, they'll yeah. have more. They'll have more uh, higher lower options drop probably on Tuesday. For right now, this is all they have up there. Uh, I think you should check it out. Underdog is a great place to go. They don't move their lines. They don't change their lines at the drop of a hat. They don't change their payouts at the drop of a hat like other similar organizations do. There is a sign-up code in the link of the podcast and the YouTube video. Use promo code JUNKIES to sign up and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. We're over there. We're crushing it over there. We've got people in the Discord, in the Nut Hut, dishing out underdog plays all the time that are doing well. And don't forget, they've also got the best ball feature. And you can do daily best ball for golf. You can do best ball for the major championships remaining. There's three of those. There's another contest posted. If you missed out on the first uh, majors contest or you played it and you got bunked out, now you can play it for just the three remaining majors. And it's super fun. You can draft a team. And then after you're done drafting, you just sit back and watch it happen. So link in the description. Promo code is junkies to get your deposit match. Go check them out if you haven't already. Uh, legal in most states, in most DFS states, you can do underdog, pick them, and best ball. So check it out. All right, 7K range, Pat. Um, okay. Can I tell you who I'm, I'm not playing? You know who I think is the, the worst value on the board? Is Matt Kuchar. $7,900 Matt Kuchar coming into a, a long golf course. This is not Matt Kuchar at the freaking Heritage or, you know, this is a long place. Of all the years that Matt Kuchar has been on the PGA Tour, he has played this golf course one time, and it was at the PGA Championship. Now, he finished ninth. Not bad. But he gained eight strokes around the green and putting, which is pretty good. Um, and that was, but that was in 2017. I think Matt Kuchar is the worst price on the board. Names I like in here, uh, I mean, I, I think in terms of cash, I, we talked about him at length on the betting show. I justified it. I'm not going to justify it anymore, but I think Gary Woodland at 7,600 is actually a good cash play. As good as he's hitting it, he's going to make the cut. He loves Quill Hollow. He's going to putt like shit, but he's hitting it too good. So he's worth a cash play. He's, he's also worth a GPP look. I think he's going to be popular. And I, I won't play a super popular Gary Woodland, but I think he's worth a look. Um, and then I think Wyndham Clark is still... Absolutely. I was hoping you were going to say yeah, Wyndham Clark. you like it. He's still he's a cash play. He's a GPP play, too. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's still playing good. I love him. Are you there? It's my turn. <laughs> yeah, when I make long pauses, that means you go. I'm oh, just going to let you know the tequila is hitting. So we've done this for what? How many years? And I'm supposed to eight. pick up on this? I mean, are you serious? Yeah. Look, dude, um, you know, you can tell I'm getting to my point. So just 
Help. All right, yeah. Wyndham Clark, I'm so glad you said, because I'm absolutely with you. I know he had kind of a lackluster week, even though he came back um, last week at the Mexico Open to, to have a decent week. But I do like him at 7,800. Um, getting off cash plays a little bit. I, I like Taylor Moore. Oh, yeah. He, Taylor like Moore, Taylor. who I bet on uh, a few weeks ago when he won the Valspar, had him outright 60 to 1, something like that. 50, 50 to 1. I mean, it was 50 to 1. Uh, love him this week. I mean, you look at, let's yeah, talk about some box. Let's talk about some boxes, man. I mean, he's top 25 in par 5 scoring. If you look at winners, by the way, of this event, par 5 scoring is where it is. <sighs> they, are, they are scoring on the par 5s. They're holding their own on all these par fours, and then they're just hanging on for dear life on the par threes. Okay. That's what's happening here this week. So if you're looking at like, how are these guys like, how do you have to win? What is the blueprint to a win? You hang on for the par threes, do a little better than average on the par fours, and you kill the par fives. That's what you got to do this week at Quail Hollow. Taylor Moore, top 25 in par five scoring, 31st in ball striking. He is third, in, by the way, in par four scoring, 31st in putting on Bermuda, top 30 in driving distance. So I like him as well. I like, I like uh, some Taylor Moore. Another guy that I like is, and I, I mentioned him on the betting show, and, and just a guy that has improved and played extremely well this year, lately especially, Emiliano Grio. He's at 7,400. He's always going to check a lot of ball striking boxes. His putting is... is always suspect it just it is but if you look at his history here i mean it's good yeah. it's good t15 t14 in 2021 top 10 in 2018 t42 in 2017 um, and he's playing well lately too i mean look at his last two events i mean top seven he was t7 at the heritage t5 last week so i like grillo a lot um going down a little bit a couple of guys i like Kurt Kitayama coming off of the two missed cuts. I think you're going to get leverage with him because if you're just looking at his, his recent form, it's not good. It's not good. But this is a perfect course fit for him. Perfect. I absolutely love that with Kurt Kitayama. So I will take him as well as a good GPP play who is going to be under it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? All, all that you said. Yeah, I like Kitayama. <clears throat> There's a couple of interesting names in here. I think the 7K range, <clears throat> I think I think the 7K range has potential to have like four guys in the optimal lineup. There's there's a lot of good names in here with a lot of real upside. You know, you you hit on a couple of them, but I mean, you know, even guys like Keegan uh have some upside here. Taylor Montgomery who we've we've seen kind of go up and down a little bit here um obviously his, his rookie year cam davis played finished 26th here last year he's done done well when he's done well and he's been crap when he hasn't seventh at the rbc heritage sixth at the players championship cam davis is a bomber he could take advantage of some of this place i mean patrick rogers is on record absolutely loving this place he's patrick rogers but it just feels like you can get some you can get a high floor i I actually hate to say it, but it feels like you can get a high floor. I think Hayden Buckley is interesting. His strokes gain off the T numbers, jump off the page. That's key here at Quail Hollow. Uh, he strikes me as somebody who's interesting. Adam Scott at 7,300. Did that not kind of jar you a little bit? 
It did a little bit. Does it feel like Adam Scott is, is like has earned a seventy three hundred dollar price tag? Like I'm not even the biggest Adam Scott guy, but it feels like seventy three hundred dollar Adam Scott is a little too low. Yeah, right. I agree. He hasn't done much. Like he's had no seriously high finishes in 2023. But it's not like we're far removed from him having really good finishes. Um, hasn't played here a ton. Hasn't done great here when he has. Let's see what he did at the P. Yeah, I mean, not even the PGA. I mean, it's not been great. Irons have not looked like Adam Scott of late, but $7,300 Adam Scott just seems very low to be. Um, what else? Um, I mean, no. I like your Kirk Kudiyama. I always like Kirk Kudiyama. I like Byung Hun An because I always like Byung Hun An. He's got the distance. He's got the short game that can bail him out. The iron play is solid. I like Nick Hardy at 7,100. I like Nick Hardy on hard golf courses. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Akshay, who we talked a little bit about on the betting show. Sam Stevens is going to get some love. He's been playing well at 7K. There's, there's a lot of real upside here. I mean, like, would it shock you, especially, you know, let's look at the week Taylor Pendrith just had. Shit. I mean, him and... I mean, would it shock you if, like, Taylor Pendrith, Sam Stevens, Akshay, Nick Hardy were in the top 20, even in this field? No. no, no I mean, not at all. And that's what I'm saying. They're, they're all 7K, 7,100 or below. Yeah. There's some real upside here in this range. I mean, Ben Martin continues to play well. Everybody keeps wanting to just never play Ben Martin, but the damn guy just makes cuts every single week. Every week. Yeah. Greenwood, Greenwood, South Carolina zone. Oh, damn. Clemson guy. He's a Greenwood guy? I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Uh, All right. Anyway, that's the 7K range. That's what I think is going to happen. I think the chalk could be Woodland. I think Stevens is going to get some love. I think Scott, potentially. Clark. I think Keith Mitchell. Who I don't like Keith Mitchell. You and I disagreed on Keith Mitchell. We spun the betting wheel against Keith Mitchell. I think and, Keith Mitchell's going to have some chalk, for sure. Yeah. I, I am fine to stay away from a chalky Keith Mitchell. I, I think, betting-wise, I, am, I do like him at 70-1 to 1 or whatever yeah. I saw him at. Um. With with the quality players that we have in the seven K range, and trying to yeah. get a little bit of differential here, I feel like I don't want to play a chalky Keith. Mitchell. I'm glad you said that. But I am glad I will, you said I will that. take him at seventy to one. If you want to, yeah, I'm fine betting him seventy to one. Okay. Well, I didn't like the bet, but I'm, I'm at least glad you said that because I, I think that's important. People need to know DFS and betting are two different games, yeah. and. I, I I agree. Like the 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 gap in talent in the seven K range is not wide enough that that Keith is an automatic play if he's too popular in, in DFS. But the value, I mean, it's like Gary Wood. Gary Woodland, I would say the same thing about like Gary Woodland. I normally hate. I shit on him almost as part of my full time job description. But at a hundred to one. I'm rolling. Like in the yeah. event, like I said, that the spirit of Brad Faxon overtakes his body and he learns how to putt for just four days and then he can forget it. Like he'll win. He'll win by four shots. His ball yeah. striking's been that good. But in DFS, even though I do think he's a solid value and I think he's got a high floor, 
in DFS, like when I look at the talent around him, it's like, damn, I mean, if he's 20% owned, like what? I'll take, God, I mean, I, who will I take? I will take, uh, where is he? I'll take Cam Davis at 10%, or I'll take Taylor Montgomery. At, like it won't be that much of a difference. So that is important. All right, let's get to the 6K draft. Last week, Pat, dude, I don't know if people are paying attention. Are people watching the end of our podcast? Because I mean, they should be if they're not, obviously. We are crushing the 6K draft. Literally week in and week out. I think the most we have, I think maybe one time we've had only three players make the cut. But it's been four players or five players make the cut every single week. And every single week we've had a couple of guys finish in the top like 25. Last week was no different. We had Cameron Percy and Tano Goya finish T60. We had uh, Brent Grant was our only missed cut. But from there, Pat, you had Carson Young mm-hmm. finish T15. I had Alejandro Tosti finish T10, played his way into the Wells Fargo this week. And then one of our favorites, one of our buddies, friend of the podcast, will be hanging out with him, probably having dinner with him tomorrow night. Austin. Smoth Daddy Smotherman got his first T5, his highest finish on the PGA Tour. Love to see it. T5. So, I mean, we gave you a T10, a T5, a T15, two T60s out of the 6K draft. I mean, what, what more do you want? I don't know. So let's do it again. Let's run it back. You start. You go first. Who's your first 6K pick? All right, well, DB, I'm going to start with a newbie here. Um, now, I, now that we just like talked about how good we're doing in here, this could go off the rails immediately. But I'm going to go with Harry Hall at 6,700. And I'm like going to tell it. you why, because I like how he's playing lately, and I think this is a good course fit for him, even though he doesn't have any experience here. Top 10 last week, T28 Valero, T13 at Corrales. I like Harry Hall a lot, 6,700. I mean, he bombs it. The, the putter yes. is usually super good. We got to see some better iron play out of Harry Hall. Like, yep. it, the irons have got, got to click. Yeah. But he does, he, he does hit it well, and he puts it well. I, I had Harry Hall written down. Um, I'm going to go with Joseph Bramlett. I feel like Bramlett mm-hmm. has one of the higher floors in the 6K range. In terms of my early model, he is actually 24th in the model, 38th in strokes gain approach over the last 24 rounds. If you look at long-term, last 50 rounds, top 50 in 200 yards plus, 35th in 175 plus, 30th in bogey avoidance, 14th in driving distance. I mean, and he's actually had some good rounds here at Quail Hollow. I think Joseph Bramlett's one of the higher floor guys in the 6K range. Okay. He's at, uh, at 6,900, by the way. All right. Well, I feel like you left me this one. Who I feel it, He's just easy to me. Dylan Wu is at 6,700. Yep. The guy is making cuts left after right. I mean, every single cut he makes, I feel like. He checks a lot of boxes, whether it's par four scoring, ball striking, approach, everything. Dylan Wu is an easy choice for me, me here at 6,700. I mean, the guy's missed two cuts in 11 events, and yeah. he's made his last eight. And, and I mean, some decent fields here. Um, the players, hello? I mean, that's not bad. I mean, 
I, I agree with you on Dylan Blue. I had him written down. Okay. Um, I think we got to go back to Will Gordon, even though he frustrates the shit out of me. His Sunday frustrated me so bad because I had him as uh, a top 20, and he was comfortably in the top 20, and then absolutely crapped all over himself, drank the water in Mexico late on Sunday to not finish top 20. But Bomber checks the box in that 200-plus proximity range, hits it plenty straight, um, doesn't make a ton of bogeys, although he did on Sunday to piss me off. And I I don't know. I just – I like Gordon here. I like the value. I'll, I'll go Will Gordon. Okay. Big fan of that. Um, you know, here's DB. I think this is another easy one. Really, it's Eric Cole. Is it sixty eight hundred? I mean, you, you think of this guy when you look at him. He's got a kind of a smallish figure, but he's not that like. You know, he, he's he's fairly long off the tee. When you talk about other guys in this range, yeah, you know? he is long. He's he's top thirty in putting, also in Bermuda. Top ten in par four scoring, top fifteen in strokes gain approach. He's been playing fan, fantastic all year long. Eric Cole at sixty eight hundred. I like. Let's see. This will be Cole's what third elevated event. So API and the players miss the cut at API twenty seventh at the players. Runner up at the Honda. Obviously, we saw him losing the playoff to Chris Kirk. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, because you had him at fifty to one or thirty five to one or whatever it was. Uh, fifth in Mexico. I mean, you know, big boy field for Eric. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles it, but I, I don't, I definitely don't hate it. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go deep here, Pat. I don't have, I don't have to go this low, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with not cam young, but car dot young on your PGA tour app. That is Carson young. Who is, I, t- I said this on the betting show. I interviewed him back in the fall. Great kid. Really nice kid. We happen to lose the interview. I don't know where the file is. It's gone. It never made it to Tour Junkies YouTube or podcast. It's gone. Great kid, though. Um, and really doing his thing since, you know, Puerto Rico finished third, Honda 29th, tough golf course there at Honda, uh, RBC Heritage, elevated event, T19, Mexico, T15. In his last two events, RBC and Heritage, this, this dude has gained uh like 14 strokes ball striking Carson Young's found him something I said this on the betting show last week in Mexico he averaged 302 off the tee which is up there which is pretty good he had 83 percent of his fairways averaging 302 off the tee now the, the the fairways of Vedanta are quite wide but still that was way above average way above average and I mean, if you can hit it long and straight at Quail Hollow, you're off to a good start. Anderson, South Carolina born, Clemson University. It's not North Carolina, but it's close enough. I'll go Carson Young at $6,100. Now, I think he's going to get some ownership, but it ain't going to be crazy. I like Carson Young. I'm with you there. Big and fan. that's it. You know, I liked him last week. So. 6K draft, Harry Hall, Joseph Bramlett, Dylan Wu, uh, Will Gordon, Eric Cole, and Carson Young. And that is it for us. We hope you guys have a fantastic week. Like I said, the Discord will be getting all the goodies from on-site at Wells Fargo. I'll be there tomorrow. Pat will be there Wednesday. We'll both be there Wednesday, and I'll be there Thursday. It's going to be a great week. We hope you guys enjoy it. May your screens be green for the Wells Fargo. See ya!